0: Welcome to the Bond Brain. And now, without further ado, here's your host... Bud West. Welcome back to the Bond Brain for my first actual informational podcast of 2024. As I close out year four of this podcast and barrel toward May of 2024, when I will celebrate five years of this podcast and uh, coming up with some new topics to look into. This one I have titled From the Lizzie to Modern Day. And the reason for that is if you don't recognize the phrase, the Lizzie, you should if you've read the novel Diamonds Are Forever. That is the way that Ian Fleming refers to the RMS Queen Elizabeth, which anyone who's read the novel knows that the last several chapters of the book are Bond and Tiffany Case, the Bond girl, on the Lizzie and with a very different climax to the book than we see in the film, although he does board a ship in the end of that as well. Now, a lot of people liken that part of the movie to modern-day cruise ships, but the truth of the matter is the RMS Queen Elizabeth would have been, A very different vessel from a modern day cruise ship. I've been on at least half a dozen cruises. I got another one coming up later this year to celebrate a, a sibling's birthday. And I always kind of feel somewhat bond like when I'm on a cruise ship. But the truth of the matter is, it's a very, very different experience. Now, In the days of the novels, you're talking the 1950s, that would have been better described as an ocean liner, and you'll even see it referred to. They don't really refer to the Queen Elizabeth as... A cruise ship, they refer to it as an ocean liner. The cruise ship is probably the modern day equivalent. Though there is a Cunard Line ship called the Queen Elizabeth II or the Queen Elizabeth II, more commonly referred to as the QE2, and it is, by the Cunard Line's own description, the world's last ocean liner, and that's probably pretty spot on. It's an entirely different experience. Now, I've been on one cruise ship that's a little similar, but not quite the same as it was back then when they would have afternoon tea, they would have smoking rooms on board. And basically, they were passenger ships, a bit of luxury for the people that could afford it. But they were really meant to take people from one to another. And they obviously died out when air travel became much more prevalent, much more affordable. And people in the very least of the middle class could afford to hop on a plane and get to their destination much quicker. And the, the shipping industry, as far as passengers, were concerned, really kind of took a hit after then. They did recover, thanks to a television show, and now is one of the most popular types of vacations that people can take in the world. Now, we do have one member of the Bond community who's been on the uh, Queen Elizabeth. I need to reach out to her. I need to get her to come on this podcast and talk about her experience. And if you don't know, I'm talking about Ladies Who Bond, Jocelyn Sia. I know that her and her husband, David, had been aboard the Queen Elizabeth II she told us one year we spent two years even with those guys, and so they had shared some of that experience. So she's definitely someone I want to try to reach out to, and hopefully she can find the time. She's operating a new business now, so she is a little more tied up than, than the rest of us when anyone who runs their own business knows that you work a lot harder at a job like that. Much greater reward in the end, sure, but you do work for your money. And so Jocelyn has been not as prevalent within the Bond community as she was in the past, but she still does keep in touch with everybody. So the armist Queen Elizabeth is an interesting ship because, you know, it's a big part of the book. It's several chapters at the end of the book. And whereas it's only one final short scene in the film and the battle that Bond wages against Mr. Kidd and Mr. Wint is wholly different in the novel than it is in the movie, uh, it's still the same Type of situation, bonding case board the vessel, and they have to fight off these And The R N M Mess Clean Elizabeth is a very interesting ship because actually, after the kill was laid down and it was starting to get ready for service, World War II broke, and it was initially used as a troop ship. And uh, Fleming even makes reference to that in the novel. That you know, the the ship's original course when it first started out would have been zigzagging across the Atlantic and trying to avoid. German U-boats and and it was only later that it was actually converted to a passenger liner. And, of course, the ship no longer exists today. Now, when you move to the film, what's interesting there is the ship that they use in the film for Bond and Case 2 board is a ship called the SS Canberra. Now, that also was initially conceived as an ocean liner. And in the realm of an ocean liner, you're you're not going to see some of the modern equivalents that you see on, on ships today. And I'll go into, you know, what some of those things are. But the Canberra actually ended up also Serving as a, as a troop ship It originally started out As an ocean liner And then when the Falkland Islands War broke out Uh, The ship was requisitioned by the British government and used as a troop ship to move commando units into that theater of war. And then later, after that war and that conflict ended, there was a big refit. It was sold to the P&O Cruise Line, and that vessel continued to sail up until the 90s. I think it was initially, or it finally scrapped in 1997. Now, I have been on a lot of cruises, and a cruise back then, prior to a television show called The Love Boat, and when we're talking about ocean liners, we're talking about staterooms of various classes, we're talking about people dressing for dinner, as in black tie for dinner, afternoon tea, smoking rooms, and some musical entertainment you're not going to have these big, grand pool areas. You're not going to have tons and tons of activities. You had lesser activities. You might find people playing cards, or you might find people playing chess. And I think the most, and one of the most active activities was people being shuffleboard. And it's funny, you go on to a cruise ship nowadays, people who have never cruised and knowing that my bonger have several times will say, what do you guys do, just play shuffleboard all day? But <laughs> the truth of the matter is, you're going to be hard pressed to find shuffleboard on a cruise liner these days. And And it is an entirely different experience. Now, we recently just took a Mediterranean, and that was more like an ocean outside of the fact that we returned to the same port that we left. An ocean liner would leave one port and it was used as transport to another destination and then you would disembark. Whereas with a cruise ship, they all, unless you're taking a repositioning cruise, you're going to get off that boat the same place you got on it. The whole point is to travel. Now the one that we recently took in the Mediterranean was aboard a very, very small cruise line called Celestial. It's a Greek cruise line. We were on a ship called The Journey and the whole point was to hit various ports that the Mediterranean Sea historicals. But the ship was in many ways like an ocean liner. Very small musical acts at night. Restaurants, staterooms, and some bars. And really, that's about it. There was a pool. There wasn't really much use of the pool. Most of the people were off the ship during the day. Even on days we were at sea, there weren't a lot of people just sitting and gathering around the pool because that wasn't really the reason they were on the ship. It was to go to all of these historicals. Now, modern-day cruise ships can range in size. I have been on some of the smallest. I have not been on these huge ships yet. I've never been on a ship that's been more than three thousand people. The next one I'm scheduled to go on is about 2,800 people, I think. But you know, to to illustrate how not only has the cruise ship industry changed, with the release of the television show The Love Boat, the cruise industry began to take off and it began to become a very viable way for people. Cage. And when my wife and I's children hit about 10, 11 years old, we started to discover that, you know, driving to a local cruise port and taking a cruise was actually more economical than driving down to a town in Maryland. We would go to a place called Ocean City, Maryland and have a beach vacation every year for maybe once or twice. And we found that in the long run, the sailing on a cruise ship out of Baltimore, smaller ships, out of New Jersey or out of New York were much more economical and we got way more entertainment out of it. So it really is a good way, if you don't get too seasick, that you can take a vacation. Now, the first cruise my wife and I ever took was in 1996. And the vessel was a ship called the Carnival Inspiration. In those days, ships catered to certain clientele also unlike today. You know, in the the 90s, ships were still catering towards, let's say, Royal Caribbean was normally older people, and Carnival was younger couples or younger singles who wanted to be there and party, which was basically the rat. We sailed on a vessel that was 70,000 tons. I think it was called the Inspiration. That's been a little time ago now. And at the time was the largest cruise ship on the sea. Now they are more than triple that size. Some of the larger ships, particularly in the Royal Caribbean, line. Um, their Oasis of the Seas and their brand new ship, the Icon of the Seas, are topping 5,000 people, closing in on 6,000 passengers, not counting the crew. And I mean, these things are just massive. They have, we have seen on board cruise ships, rock climbing walls and rope courses and tennis courts. And now they're so large, there's miniature, 18-hole miniature golf. And there's a go-kart racing track on a couple different ones. Multiple water slide for the kids. And all the lines seem to cater toward the family aspect of entertainment. And you know, it's it's actually something to you might want to consider if you live anywhere near a cruise port. It's it's a really good way to experience a family vacation day where there's a little bit of everything for everyone. And if you really watch, I mean recently there's been some Bond-oriented cruises. There's been some in the past. We may see some in the future. I know Matt Sherman at Bond fan events has had uh, cruises on his list of Bond fan events, Bond locations to tour. And I've never done any of those, but they definitely do look interesting. I'm not a, a Bond location hunter per se, but it would be pretty cool to go to sea with a bunch of fellow Bond fans and just, you know, enjoy some, enjoy some Vespers and some cigars and just have a blast with it. So if you've got any questions at all cruising Please just send me a line. I've been on quite a few different ones. I've been on a bunch of different lines. I've been on Celestial. I've been on Carnival. I've been on Royal Caribbean. Uh, then I've been on Norwegian. Uh, the next cruise I take is on Celebrity. So I just kind of spread around and, and find the ones that we like. If you are a member of the Bond Community Cigar Lounge and you enjoy a stick every now and then, my personal recommendation would be to go on Norwegian. They have Cigar Lounge on their ship. Uh, Celebrity has an outdoor area, but Norwegian has an indoor full-service lounge. They even have cigars for sale. They're a little pricey, but still, they have a nice smoking area. It's usually located on their ships near a whiskey bar, so you can find whiskeys along. And I think as far as being a fan and cigar connoisseur, it's probably the the best option out there. Royal Caribbean and, and Carnival are great for families just because of the level of entertainment Entertainment that exists on those lines Celestial, the very small Greek line They've only got a couple ships It's all about the tours through the Mediterranean And there's a couple other ships along those lines But they were actually more economical You weren't paying for all of these entertainment options On a ship line like Royal Caribbean Or Princess or Celebrity That you're probably not going to use If you're off the boat every day There's some great Bond locations that you can Visit if you have a ship That sails out of New York Or New Jersey or Baltimore and they dock at or Canaveral, you can go over to Deezerland and see the Bond exhibit over in Deezerland. They very often it's very easy to get to the One and Only Ocean Club off a cruise ship. When you dock in Nassau, you can see Atlantis where scenes for Casino Royale were filmed, or and even visit the the Thunderball water area that a lot of people like to go visit. And so, you know, cruises are actually a pretty good way to have a good time, involve the family, and you might even be able to squeeze in some Bond-like activities or some Bond locations. There are cruise ships that dock in Key West, Florida. The Hemingway House, where they shot scenes for Lysis to Kill, is within walking distance of where the ships dock down there. They dock right off of Duval Street. You can experience Key West, and you can also dig in a Bond location. So as Bond fans, even though, you know, the diamonds are forever, river ocean liner doesn't really equate to a modern day cruise, a cruise can still become a very 007 or bond lifestyle type of vacation. And the best thing is you can go hang out. You can go have a few drinks. You never have to drive anywhere. You just walk back to your cabin. And as far as, you know, bars and pubs and stuff like that, if you've got young ones, you really can't drag them into bars and pubs around the world. But on a cruise ship, they don't care if the kids are sitting in the bar, they're sitting at, the table with you while you, if you drink. So if you've got some younger ones, you've got a denial. The other thing is if you do have a family, those ships, especially Royal Caribbean, especially Cornwall, have children's programs and you can enjoy some time with your double O or your bond girl alone while the kids go off and do things with other kids their age. They divide them by age groups. So they're very safe groups. Uh, as a matter of fact, as our kids hit their, you know, late, you know, their, their tweens as they call them or their early teens, late teens we would have to make a hard and fast rule that, look, you better be you better be ready for dinner on time. You better be back to the cabin. You better be showered and you better be dressed. Because if we just kind of let them go, I'm pretty sure we would have seen them when we got on the ship and saw them again when we got off the ship because all they wanted to do was go hang out with all the kids their own age and do all of the young activities. So think about it consider it, then there's a lot of great cruise channels out there on YouTube for every single solitary ship. There's Facebook groups. There's. It really is a way to travel with a little bit of Bond lifestyle flair in it. And uh, the Bond Brain Bud West here, I, I highly recommend it. I'm looking forward to my next one. It's not something we do every year. We kind of space them out. We like to do some other things, but it's definitely something that comes up in the rotation every now and then. That's all I have for now, folks. I'm looking forward to to 4 i'm looking forward to celebrating year five i'm looking forward to getting down to dc to you know see the bond emotion down there i'm looking forward to scheduling more uh, bond community cigar lounge events i think it's going to be a good year i'm excited about it bond film bond actor or not i don't care. take care i will talk to you later this is bud west with the bond brain and the bond brain will return